Vaughn and Gardner are here. Br proud to have you listening. Uh, <laughs> we're having some technical issues. I am Neil Sperry, and we are here broadcasting against about every sporting event that America ever held going on concurrently with us today. Good morning. It's a beautiful day across Texas. I just looked at the weather across our great state, and this is the day for gardening. This is the day we put up with all of that nonsense in the summer. This is the day. Give us a call, won't you please? Colin is there to answer the phones, and uh, we are live today. It is toll-free, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now, 888 uh, let me turn my phone off. I'm sorry, we're doing a, a uh, we're having some problems there and had speakerphone on while we're trying to get some equipment working. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Favor to ask, if it rings, let it ring for a couple seconds. Colin is trying to get uh, the return line to my uh, computer working, so I'll be able to hear your calls. Everything is working well to the network, to the tower, coming back from the tower to Neil, not so well. That's what we want. We'll get it figured out. If I have to do it on my phone again, we'll do that. I hope we don't. Problem seems to be originating at the network, not uh, with Neil. But you never know. When you have a horticulturist doing live radio, you never know. And I have long ago learned that uh, I can, am capable of just about anything. The uh, weather changed so nicely last night. I was out playing with the dog and the breeze turned around to the north. And I said, Zeus, this is a good sign. It's time to play ball. And he, uh, I, I said, let me go in and change clothes. And when I came back, he had, he had three of the balls that we have bought. He had found out in the, in the monkey grass and he had brought them to the front door. And there he sat right behind him. He was ready to play ball. So, uh, some things that we need to talk about a little bit to uh, give uh, Colin a chance to make a phone call. Uh, this is a really important time uh, to uh, finish up any pruning that you might have to do that involves damaged trees. You need to get any dead limbs taken out while you can still identify them. Once they all lose their leaves, you can't tell which is which. So if you're going to have a, a certified arborist come out, get that done. We had ours out on Monday and took out... Uh, uh, several uh, limbs that were threatening. I featured them in my eGardens newsletter a couple of days ago. I'll tell you about eGardens just a little later. But this is the time to get them uh, get them taken care of. It's also time to be overseeding if you're going to. Now that we've had some rain in most of Texas, it's time to be overseeding with ryegrass. If you are trying to hold soil in an area that erodes typically, Maybe it's a new area that has a bare ground, or maybe you just want green grass in the winter because of dog traffic or kid traffic or whatever. Uh, this is the time to overseed your lawn. I caution you, if you have St. Augustine in shade, I would not overseed that uh, because it, it, the, the ryegrass doesn't die out quickly enough in late spring, and it does compete with the St. Augustine. But Bermuda and St. Augustine in the sun, not a problem, and uh, this is the time to plant it. So, and there are those who will, I think in error, tell you that uh, ryegrass uses too much water and therefore we shouldn't be using it. Uh, you water it when you plant it. You do have to do that. I'll give you that. So one or two waterings to get it started. But after that, you need to water your lawn in the winter so it's not a fire hazard and so that it stays alive. And other than that, the ryegrass can compete quite well. It uh, won't be a problem. 
so uh, you don't have to water extraordinarily uh, heavily. You don't have to water any more than you would your permanent grass. When your permanent grass gets watered, the ryegrass gets watered. That's all. So no extra watering. Um, that's all I want to talk about now. I want to see if we can get to the equipment running, and uh, I'll feel better when I see a second line, the return line on my on my board here. If you're in engineering of uh, audio equipment, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, uh, just trust me. I'm seeing only my voice, and I don't want to hear me for an hour. Uh, let me tell you about a special offer I have from my my uh, my own office. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, and uh, that's my book. That's the book that uh, that I spent a year of my life writing for you. I wanted to have a book that was better than the complete guide to Texas gardening. I had done that book many, many years ago, back in 1982 and revised in 91. And it left me very unfulfilled because I didn't feel like it told the whole story. I had to work with a publishing house and with two or three committees that they assigned to me and an editor who was very good, but she just was not a... Um, she was not a gardener, and uh, so as a result, it, it just didn't have that depth that I wanted in it, and a lot of corners got cut to cut costs. So Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, I hired my own editor, a lady who is a master gardener, I might add, and, and a very accomplished one at that, and a senior publications editor for a, a major university in California, retired and moved to Texas uh, just 10 miles from my house. Uh, to be nearer her children and grandchild uh, and grand grandchildren, and the most incredible graphic design artist I've ever worked with, and the three of us did the did the book together. 840 of my photographs, 344 pages. It's a hardback, printed in Texas on high quality paper. It's not in stores and not on Amazon, and that is why it's only $34.95. It would be $20 more than that if it were in bookstores or on Amazon. And there's another, I think, important difference. I think it is. I hope you do. You'll get a signed copy. I'm able to sign every copy as it sells. That's a sale price on the book. It covers every aspect of outdoor gardening. It has the basics of gardening. It has a 48-page uh, calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden, and then uh, chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. All that. 840 photos, more than 25 multi-page charts, and a signed copy. Satisfaction guaranteed for $34.95. Here are the two ways you can order it. You either call my office Monday through Friday business hours, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. Or the better way, because you can do it right now, is to order it directly from my website, neilsperry.com that's neil sperry's lone star gardening order it at n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y.com let me tell you about the texas nursery and landscape association one of the strongest trade organizations in all of america men and women who have banded together for decades to ensure that Texas gardeners have the best plants, the best products, and the best service that any industry can possibly uh, uh, provide. Shop where you see the name badges and the emblems of certified landscape professionals and certified nursery professionals. They've studied long and hard hours to pass exams that prove that they know their plants and their services. They are the pros, the best in the business. 
They're going to be at member nurseries and affiliated businesses of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. It's been my experience that you're most likely to find them at local independent retail garden centers. For the kind of professional help you want and deserve, support your local certified nursery professional and certified landscape professional at a member business of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. For a complete list, visit landscapetexas.org. We'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly Robinson, we have everything working, it looks like, so that's great news. Thank you very, very much. And uh, let me give you the phone number again so that we can put all of that uh, uh, equipment to, uh, to work right now. It is toll-free anywhere you can hear me, 888-256-1080. That's what Kelly told you. That's what I'll tell you. And the lines are open right now on a Saturday morning, 888-256-1080. All of you TCU fans whose game isn't until later tonight, Let's see, I think the Aggies play later, don't they? There's a lot of people out there who will be watching football later today. This is your chance to call right now. Eight, and Rangers don't start for a while. Astros, I'm not sure when the Astros start. I need to pay attention, don't I? 888-256-1080. Call me right now, please. And let's talk gardening. The plant's at your place. Easy as that. The uh, other things that we can talk about right now uh, I hope that you won't put the garden hoses away just because we did get some rain across much of Texas because um, it's going to dry out again. It's going to be pretty warm midweek this week, I'm understanding. Uh, where I live in garden, it's going to be up around 90 again. Go figure. This is just incredibly crazy. And uh, so uh, it is uh, a, a good time for plants. They're going to enjoy that. Uh, if you... Uh, uh, if you need to keep them going, uh, if you intend to keep them going and growing, you need to water them. That's very important for your uh, uh, new plants, especially if you set things out this spring. If you are landscaping this fall, very important that you get uh, uh, the uh, the new plants uh, watered properly. I don't have my call screen up here. I don't know if I have calls or not. Let me just get that where I can see it. That will help a great deal. This uh, This program is going to wear me out yet so here we go um, the uh, you'll need to water all through the winter in fact occasionally you don't have to water nearly as much thank heavens but uh, things do dry out in the winter and it's just really critical that you not let that happen these uh, new plants are very vulnerable uh, somebody uh, questioned a, a phrase, a, a wording that I had in my electronic newsletter this week about water new plants by hand every two days their first uh, summer. And uh, I don't know what part of that uh, wasn't clear. Um, it's a little different uh, language than I used to use and maybe than, that, than she was used to hearing. And, and so I certainly understand uh, the, the confusion. But I'm just saying that Sprinkler irrigation and drip irrigation are not adequate uh, for new plants. It doesn't get the water down deeply enough. Uh, the plants will dry out and it won't be uh, satisfactory. They'll, they'll uh, die and you'll, you'll end up with a real mess uh, having to replant plants. I've seen so many thousands of dollars worth of plants that were set out uh, that uh, never survived because people didn't water them uh, properly. They uh, just counted on sprinkler irrigation to irrigate them and, and it wasn't enough. And so do uh, 
uh, do uh, water them by hand. Get a, a garden hose with a bubbler or a water breaker on the end of it. And bubbler is the size of your fist. It's a, a large thing, uh, not, a, uh, not a breaker and uh, certainly not a, a drip bubbler. Um, and then mulch, of course, is always a, a, a very good thing to have because that will uh, slow down the uh, growth of uh, of weeds. Weeds are the biggest nemesis you have in a new planting because they take a lot of water. They seem to use water much more rapidly than the, the good plants do. Uh, October is the very best time of the entire... It, listen to this one. This is a heartfelt comment, and I'm not saying this just because it is October and because I have some nursery out there that asked me to help them sell plants. October is the very best time of the entire year to set out new nursery stock. There, there is a, an exception. I'll tell you what that is. But uh, by and large, if you're landscaping, the very best time to landscape would be October because it gives the plants the longest possible time to get new roots established before summer arrives. You have between now and June, and that's really a good thing because uh, it's summer that, that gets, does so much damage to our plants. Um, the exception would be plants that you know are tender in your part of Texas. Uh, that will vary depending on where you are in Texas, of course. But if you're, if you're going to be planting something that you know is a little bit risky in your area, first of all, don't do much of that. Just limit yourself to one of that, that species. You don't, you don't want to risk a whole bunch. Uh, where I live in, in the Metroplex area, gardenias are in that category, and it just breaks my heart to see somebody plant gardenias across the front of their house and then have them freeze, or pittosporums, another example. Um, but anyway, to my point, uh, if you're going to plant things like that or oleanders in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, plant them in the spring and give them the longest possible chance to, uh, to get established before their big nemesis, which is cold weather. But for most plants, 95% of our shrubs and trees, uh, it's summer that's going to cause them the biggest threat. And by planting now, you give them all of the, the rest of the fall, all of the winter, and all of the spring to get established before summertime. All right, so that is, uh, that is one reason that fall is best. Another reason is that the nursery stock you buy now has probably been in the same container since last spring. And so it's big and full and, and great looking. A uh, third reason is that you can get better help in nurseries now, not that the nurserymen are any smarter in the fall, but they have more time. You, you're, they're, they're more accessible than they are when they're covered up with customers. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. Um, and they're also very likely to be closing out their nursery stock now to make room for Christmas trees and other merchandise and just to be selling down their inventory before the cold weather arrives. So those are all reasons that fall is for planting. And I would encourage you to, uh, to hop on it and, and get busy. All right, so those are some things that uh, you might consider. Uh, we can talk about spring flowering bulbs in a moment. Uh, we can talk about uh, annual color for spring. But I really would rather talk to you about the things that are on your mind, not on mine. 888-256-1080. It is a live radio program this Saturday morning. I hope you'll give me a call. Colin is ready to accept your calls, get your screen, and get you ready to go on the air. And that's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Give us a call, won't you please? Fall feeding is one of the most critical 
feedings for your lawn. A well-fed, healthy lawn can better endure the hardships of the winter, so prepare it soon with Fertilome Winterizer for established lawns. A number of years ago, Fertilome used the findings of local university studies to design this winterizer product specifically for Texas. Fertilome Winterizer has a 10-0-14 analysis, and it's formulated to convert quickly and easily into stored nutrition that feeds your lawn throughout the harsh winter months. Fertilome Winterizer builds winter hardiness, stem strength, and disease resistance in lawns. It's safe on all types of lawns. Just water it in gently after you apply it. The yards fed Fertilome Winterizer in the fall are the first to green up in the spring. Now, I'm going to tell you that if you had a little bit of rain this week, even if you had a good bit of rain this week, this weekend is the perfect time to apply Fertilome Winterizer for established lawns because the soil now has some moisture in it and it will accept the uh, it will accept the fertilizer much better than it would have a week ago when it was bone dry. Fertilome winterizer for established lawns can be found at independently owned garden centers, feed stores, and nurseries all over Texas. Fertilome winterizer for established lawns. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much, and good morning. Welcome. We have... Uh, couple of lines open if you'd like to call right now. You can't get both of them, but you can call on one of them, 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. We go to Mark in College Station. Mark, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. Yes, sir. Yes, I have a question. Um, this, uh, this spring, uh, I planted a Mexican oak in my front yard or I think it's called a white oak also. Uh, I live in mm -hmm. College Station, uh, you know, and I went through what I believe to be the correct procedure to, to plant a new tree and put in adequate good soil, dug it deep enough. Uh, but I'm at the end of the summer now, and I'm uh, noticing that about the lower, oh, maybe three-quarters of, of the tree, uh, it's mainly the tips of the leaves, are really starting to turn brown. Now, the the about the upper quarter of the tree, the foliage looks fine up there. Uh, so I'm just wondering if, if you have any input on that. Is it, you know, uh, just stress from the heat? I mean, we're up to 112 degrees and so forth during the summer. Now, I'm pretty sure I kept it yeah, well watered. Yeah, I think I can help I you. Sure. I think I can help you. I uh, have a lot of thoughts that might uh, combine or one of them might stand out. Uh, first of all, I grew up in College Station, so I'm pretty familiar. I it, I never saw 112 either uh, uh, heat effect or actual, uh, not even close on actual temperature. Uh, things have really changed. It's just, it is a lot hotter. Um, what you have is uh, uh, Quercus polymorpha. It's, it's Mexican white oak or Monterey oak. It's a relatively it. new tree to the Texas nursery industry. I, I wrote a story on it uh, in my electronic newsletter two days ago because I had a question, uh, I think, from San Antonio about it. Um, it was It's only been found in one county in Texas in the United States, and that's Valverde County near Del Rio. Uh, it is definitely a Mexican plant, uh, meaning it uh, is uh, south of the Rio Grande, which tells you that it probably likes warmer climates than we have in Texas. I don't mean summer, I mean winter. Um, 
I, I bought two of them. Remember now I live in the Dallas area and actually in a cool part of the Dallas area in Collin County, we're typically about seven or eight degrees colder than metropolitan Dallas is we're out in the country. And I bought two of them in 19, uh, about 1980 from a very reputable nursery. I, I knew what I was getting. I know that it was accurately that species. Uh, planted them and they grew very, very well until 1984. And we had 292 hours below freezing consecutively uh, between 1983 and 1984. It started right before Christmas and went into the early January of 84. And I lost both of my trees. So I have always been reluctant to recommend that tree. And then the, the winter of, of two years ago, February of, 20, of uh, 2021, I, I got a lot of... Uh, questions out of San Antonio and south of them dying. Uh, so it does have some winter challenges. However, what you're describing, uh, here are the things that crossed my mind as you described what you had. Uh, the fact that it's the lower two thirds of the tree or half or whatever tells you tells me that it probably happened earlier in the season and then the tree went ahead and, and grew on and did, did fine with new growth that came out subsequently. Uh, the, the flush of new growth on the ends of the branches up higher, which is where most of the new growth would, would be, uh, looks good. That, that would tell me that the problem happened earlier in the growing season. Uh, anytime you have tip burn or edge burn of leaves, whatever the plant is, it could be a house plant, it could be your Mexican white oak, it could be anything you're growing. If it's on the edge leaves, the tips of the leaves, that's moisture stress. And that could be caused by many different things. Uh, it equates to, in a human being, uh, circulation problems. If we have frostbite or if we have uh, heart problems or whatever, we're going to feel it at the tips of our toes, the tips of our fingers and our earlobes and nose, points farthest from the heart. And, um, and, and this equates to that. It, these are the last places to get water and the first places to dry out. So it could be that uh, it was just the heat and the plant couldn't get the water out there fast enough. It could be that uh, that they just flat got too dry or it got too dry. I'm sorry, I'm speaking in plural because I had two of them. Uh, it could be it just got too dry. Uh, it could be that you put too much fertilizer on it and burned the roots a little bit and, and kept them from taking water in. It could be that the sodium in the Brazos County water, which I knew is a, uh, you know, it's a very soft water and, and that can cause a problem. Um, if you don't get rain once in a while to leach some of that sodium out, all those things add together. But the fact that you have new growth that looks pretty good is very encouraging. This plant is kind of semi evergreen where you are. And so it may, those, those, uh, uh, not as pretty leaves may persist into the, the winter, pretty far into the winter, but they'll, they'll shed eventually. And that's a beautiful tree. I love the tree. And I, I hope it lives for a hundred years for you. Um, I just worry about the next bad winter. That's the thing that scares me because we, we have seen it freeze in Texas. Right. You know, but I'll keep my and, and I'll crossed. bet the problem you have isn't a major problem. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. No, um, you know, interesting that you mentioned uh, the, the heavy freeze we had a couple of years ago, because this is my second Mexican oak. The first one I planted, it survived the, the major freeze we had, uh, but it died that, uh, that late spring, early summer. Uh, I was really puzzled 
and that was my fault. I went and dug up the tree, and I, I washed off the roots, and it was root-bound. Uh, I didn't take a knife oh, to the roots wow. like I should have. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, I tell you, I'm sure you're That breaks your heart, soil. doesn't it? It did. It did. I mean, that's a lot of work. I don't know if, how familiar you are with the uh, with the soil here in College Station, but we have about— That's where I gardened. I, we moved there right. when I was two, and I left when I was 20 to go to Ohio State. So right. I, uh, you, that's, that's where I learned how to garden. Right. You got a, about a foot of real dense clay, but below that is a yeah. mudstone. And it is oh, like trying to, to dig into ceramic. And that's what I'm putting yeah. up with right now is that, you know, you're, you're planting a tree essentially in a ceramic bowl. Well, you are. But, you know, another thing you can consider doing is is sticking with trees that are native to the Brazos County area. Water oaks is a... It, it, I'd love to live again where I could grow water oaks. They won't tolerate the alkaline soil we have in the Dallas area, and they're beautiful trees. Right. And the water oaks I transplanted as a kid uh, did beautifully uh, around town. I, I can go look at them now as, as majestic big trees, and they're, they're beautiful. Right. But, yeah, uh, you know, and we have some big oaks in the neighborhood that have been doing fabulously well. But, you know, uh, I'm mm-hmm. just going to pass this on to you, and then, then I'll let you go. But one of the main reasons why I got this tree, because one, because there are or two, you know, they've become very popular. A lot of builders are now uh, putting them into place because uh, it's a moderately sized tree. They grow rapidly. They're hardy. And if you go to the Texas, uh, Texas A&M has, has a website where they uh, recommend trees by county. And I went to that website, and this Monterey oak was one of the trees that they recommended for Brazos County. So, you know, that, uh, that I'm well of, aware. Yeah, and it was named so, a Texas superstar on the 20th of September. Mike Arnold uh, did a very nice write-up on it, and that's why I went to the the trouble of giving you my concerns about it for parts of Texas. Um, right. I, I also will tell you that Bold Cypress is listed in that same breadth uh, of, of recommended trees. And I, I grew up with a father as a range science professor at A&M, uncle as a, a botany professor there, Mom is a head librarian in the engineering library, and so I am. A, I believe in A and M, and I worked for A and M for seven years. I believe in A and M, um, but there are times that I have a different opinion on some things, and and the Mexican white oak scares me, and 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 I will not recommend um, uh, bald cypress for alkaline soils. They just turn yellow so badly. So there are some things that I'll 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 go against. Uh, that Mexican white oak has not been in commerce long enough for us to to commit a 75-year part of our landscapes to it. If it were a mm-hmm. shrub like loripedalum, where we think, hey, this might be a really nice plant, let's recommend it, that doesn't bother me as much. It's going to take up a few cubic feet. But when you need a tree that then plummets, uh, 30 years later and leaves a huge gaping hole in a landscape, I'm... I, I have a problem with that. So, yeah, that you know, could be distressing. I'd, I'd be cautious. Yeah. Okay. It well, is, and I'd, right, I'd be cautious. It, I appreciate your it call, is. and it's it's a it's a beautiful tree, and I and and where you are farther south, I'll bet it'll do great for you. And and what you right. are talking about right now is probably not very long term. Sounds good, Neil. Thank so. you very much for your advice. You betcha. For what it's worth. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Yeah.
Yeah, that uh, soil in Brazos County can be very, very challenging. I grew up about uh, five blocks east of the campus, the East Gate, and uh, up in College Hills, and and uh, it was it was a it was a great time. Little town, little school then. About six sixty five hundred students, seven thousand something like that. I think it's changed just a little. <laughs> it's just really exciting to see all the wonderful things that have happened in Aggie Land. It was a Texas Agricultural Mechanical College of Texas when I was growing up. So that's changed. Let me uh, tell you about my uh, my book once again and invite you to uh, get a copy if you would be so inclined. I'd love to love to have you do that and I'd love to sign it for you. I'll be signing uh, uh, probably tomorrow night uh, prior to the Cowboys game. I may watch that. I may treat myself to that one. I don't know. The good news here is that it's on sale. And I'm going to continue it on for just a little bit longer. I um, had it on sale to help uh, finish up uh, paying my wife's re-election uh, bills for her school board candidacy back in May. Uh, she put it uh, the last of those. It, it cost a lot to run this year because politics got into it. Politics shouldn't matter. But anyway, we got that all done. And I have one other thing that I'm working on, which I'll share with you in, in a few weeks, uh, that probably going to end up costing me a good bit and and uh, I'll share that with you and, and I'm trying to get the book uh, sold and, and get that cash in reserve and uh, so I've left it at 34.95 it's good for you and it's good for me my hope is that this will be the only gardening reference book that you will need to be successful here in Texas this is a hardback first of all it's not a, a paperback that's going to wear out on you it's 344 pages 840 of my photographs printed in texas i wanted it to say printed in texas on the inside front cover instead of printed in china that just that would have hackled me i didn't want that uh, because it's called neil spray's lone star gardening it was printed in san antonio could i do any better than that printed about uh oh six or seven miles from the alamo and bound at universal book Bindery, which is just a mile or so from the alamo so there you go trying to be loyal to my home state i was born in san antonio so so was the book uh, 11 chapters chapter one is the basics of gardening in texas the soils the climatic zones uh, all of that chapter two is uh the 48 calendar that i've never put in a book before that tells you when to plant prune fertilize and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden for every county in the state four pages per month 48 pages then chapters three through eleven trees ground covers annuals perennials lawns fruit and vegetables it's all in the book you'll you'll know how to succeed in every aspect of outdoor gardening in every county of texas I guarantee your satisfaction or I'll refund every penny you invest in the book. It's uh, 82,000 copies sold to date and no requests for refund yet. I sign your copy as it sells and I take them to the post office myself. And uh, so that's the, the joy of self-publishing and I'm happy to do so. There are two ways you can order it. It's not in stores and not on Amazon, but you can order it directly from my website or by calling my office Monday through Friday business hours. The office telephone number is 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. That's 800-752-4769. The better way, though, because you can do this right away, 
is to order at my website, neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly Robinson, very, very much. And welcome to our program live here every Saturday, just a little after 11 until just a little before 12. And uh, always easy to access us by the phone number, 888-256-1080. A podcast of this program is always available to you by Monday evening on my website at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. And a lot of other information on my website, the 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. That was a book that I did, and it's there for you. If you just uh, prefer not to call in to ask your question, chances are that question will be answered there. So take a look. A couple of other things that I want to talk to you about because it is October, and we're going to be thinking about bringing our plants indoors for the winter. Uh, If you have bougainvillea plants, uh, yes, they must come in before it gets cold. They, they will suffer from something called chill damage. When they are exposed to temperatures down below 40 degrees, it doesn't have to freeze to damage them. Uh, they will suffer chill injury, and uh, they'll drop a bunch of leaves and start pouting and quit growing and really struggle to come back in the spring. So you want to get them into a warm spot when it, it's going to be anywhere near or below 40 degrees. And if you're going to bring them into a a greenhouse or into the house, a sunroom maybe, you'll probably want to prune them because they have thorns and they are a little bit wicked to work around. uh, I would do that before you bring them in rather than wait till spring to do it. There's no need to have all those long sprawling arms in the house reaching out for you in the middle of the night. So that's for bougainvilleas. If you're going to keep a tropical hibiscus, same thing applies. There aren't any thorns, but but they uh, need the warmth and and they also suffer chill injury Um, if you if you are bringing plants indoors be very mindful of the fact that they probably will have insects uh, in the soil um, maybe on the plants check them for uh, plant insects things like uh, mealybugs and scale insects and white flies and and deal with those outdoors don't try to control them when you get them in the house Deal with them while they're still outdoors, while it's still warm enough to leave them out and to, to spray the insects outside. Let a nurseryman help you uh, find the right product to, to get rid of them out uh, outdoors. Um, and then uh, uh, be, uh, one thing you can do is use an insecticide, pour it through the soil as a drench uh, just at the spraying strength, and then 10 minutes later uh, flush the soil with, with clear water and, and rinse out all the excess of course you have to have a drainage hole but that will take care of that Uh, if you have crotons that you are using for fall decor outdoors try to save them those are expensive and they're beautiful and and you can grow crotons for many years if you have them indoors they'll lose their color and put them in a very bright location and so that's the brightest window you have or a greenhouse Crotons can tolerate full sunlight, especially in the wintertime. And so that's what I would do and what I do. I have a lot of big crotons that I bought years ago and have grown on and on. They're beautiful, and, and you can enjoy them for a long time to come. 
So that's uh, just a few things to think about. If you have ornamental sweet potatoes outdoors, you're going to start digging them up as you get close to first frost, and you're going to see great big tubers in the soil. You're going to say, number one, can I eat those? No, you'll break your teeth. They are hard. They're not tasty. They're not good. You're not going to die, but you'll not, you'll not enjoy the experience. And don't try to save them to grow for next year. Buy new plants. They don't cost that much, and they... They're so much more vigorous if you do that. All right, I'll be back with a couple of other comments, but let me first tell you about my electronic newsletter. It's called eGardens, and the first thing you need to know is it is free and always will be. I've been doing it for 19 and a half years. eGardens comes from my computer directly to your email. Uh, it is something where I can write and, and to keep you updated. It's like a, an old-fashioned garden section. That's uh, kind of special. Neil Sperry's eGardens. And um, if you want to see what it looks like, we always leave the most recent issue archived on my website. I just find it's easier to get people to sign up for something uh, if they know what they're getting. And if they say, that looks pretty good. I think I want that. Uh, as opposed to, gosh, I wonder if I'm going to like that. I wonder if I'm going to hate it. I wonder if I can get out of it, etc., etc. With eGardens, you can always unsubscribe. Of course, you see that on everything you get, and you try to unsubscribe. It's like trying to get rid of some sticky flypaper or something off your fingers. With eGardens, it's just simple. You just hit unsubscribe, and it's gone. But, uh, but you're probably not going to do that because you're going to like it. Uh, I spend about a day and a half of my week, each week, writing eGardens, five stories. One of them is a featured plant of the week. One of them is gardening this weekend, where I line up the things that you need to get done that weekend. And then one is the Q&A section, where I answer your garden questions. We have a couple of other writers who uh, supply stories each month, and they're really good. You're going to like eGardens. Take a look at it at my website. That's where you sign up for it. That's where you can see the most recent issue. That's at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on eGardens. I want to tell you once again about the certification program of the Texas Association of, uh, well, I went back about 100 years on this, the uh, Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. It used to be TAN, Texas Association of Nurserymen. That's how I grew up knowing it. Uh, but TNLA. Uh, they have the uh, certification program for Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals. These are men and women who have banded together decades ago. They've studied long and hard hours. They passed tough exams to prove that they know the best plants, they have the best products, and they offer the best service that any industry can possibly provide. Shop where you see the name badges and emblems of certified landscape professionals and certified nursery professionals. Now they are going to be at member nurseries and affiliated businesses of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. It's been my experience that you're most likely to find them at local independent retail garden centers. For the kind of professional help that you really want, help that you know you can trust that is timely and reliable, look for Texas Certified and Master Certified uh, Landscape Professionals and Certified Nursery Professionals. For a complete list, visit LandscapeTexas.org. Texas Certified and Master Certified Nursery Professionals, the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. More after this message. All right, and we're just about out of time for this day, but I want to thank you for listening. 
Hope you will uh, have a great week. We'll be back next uh, Saturday, same time, just a little after 11. To Colin, who's kept this program going today, kept us on the rails. Imagine that. I thank him as well. So keep the water hose handy and look out for brown patch in your St. Augustine and have a great week. Thank you for listening. Until next week, happy gardening.